Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This is Josh Taylor from CE Podcast. So happy to have you here. Um, a couple little things I just wanted to mention. Number one, thank you so much. We got a big congratulations from our um, our Buzzsprout, which is how we throw things out there, how we were able to use this platform. And uh, we have a ton of downloads. People are listening to us. Um, I just want to say thank you so much. You can you know let anyone know about the podcast. It's very, very much appreciative. I have to also say a massive shout out. Thank you so much to our premium uh, subscribers. I'll be honest with you. I was not expecting that at all. Um, and I just wanted to say that it's, uh, it's, it's been a real start. This is just the beginning, but, um, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so happy. I'm so proud of, of the people who listen and just big time. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, so today what we're getting into is, um, some, an email. Well, I got an email about this, um, recently, but it's also something that is widely talked about uh, when people come to see me. Uh, puppies or dogs and their children. Okay. Um, what can we do um, when it comes to the nipping, the biting? They look at my kids like like another puppy or et cetera. There's so many scenarios. The kids are screaming or yelling, which excite the dog. So I thought that today would be great for us to just kind of really get in there. A couple of things I wanted to say about the whole situation with children. Um, it's about the emotional well-being of the dog. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying your kids are not important. What I'm trying to say is as a dog trainer, I'm going to be looking at what is what what exactly is going on with that dog. So if you come to me with a puppy three months old, four months old, I mean, this is generally a different story. Okay, but I, I also want to get into different kind of topics about children with dogs, so puppies and adults. Um, and as always, you know, there's so much to talk about, so consider this probably like part one of like 40. <laughs> Who knows? Here's here's a couple of things. Let's let's use a couple of examples of what I usually get. Um, I have young children. Uh, we just got a puppy. Uh, the puppy jumps, bites tries to play with them. We know it's excitement and we know it's play, but our kids are not enjoying it. It's hurting them. And the dog doesn't know when to stop. Um, this is something where, you know, I, I, I guess because I'm on a podcast right now, I could get deep into this conversation because when you come to me as a client, I'm just going to try and solve the problem. Okay, as as quickly as I can, um, even if it might not seem like that sometimes because there's there's other layers. But um, that's generally my my big thing. But I, let's just dig a little bit into what what you're asking me. Okay, so it comes down to what the children are doing. All right, because remember this, your puppy that was born three months ago. And I mean, literally, literally born. And the reason why I say that is because I find that sometimes we forget that they have emotions that we forget that just three months ago, they didn't even exist. And even just 
you know, I guess I get too passionate about this stuff, but even just kind of sitting back and thinking about that for a second, it makes me like, it makes me like, it just makes me like realize like how, how important life really is. And when I look at this puppy, that's three months old and he's, you know, doing some not so helpful behaviors, you have to understand that this puppy is not born knowing what he or she should be doing. Okay. So when we say our dog doesn't understand that this is my child, that he or she is biting and it's hurting my child, how do I get the dog to stop? The question is, is what is exciting the dog? You want to go into the emotional aspect of why the dog is doing it. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just giving you an idea of how I think. I'm not saying you actually have to do that. That's why I usually hire a trainer. But I mean, that's that's how I think. It's like, okay, why is the dog acting like this? Why is the dog running after your child? It usually comes down to a couple of things. Your child runs away. Your child screams. Your child pushes away the dog, the puppy. Okay, let's let's try to stay on track here. Sorry, I know I jump all over the place. So we're, we're talking about puppies. So all of these things equal some form of excitement, I would say, more or less. Maybe a little hint of fear, depending on like the, you know, the timidness of the puppy and, and so on and so forth. But it, generally speaking, you're, you're, you're getting the puppy excited. So the first plan is to show the puppy when I'm jumping and biting and nipping and doing all of these things that I don't get that excitement level or that drive from the child. I know what you're thinking. This guy must not have kids. I do. <laughs> okay. And I know, you know, if, if you, if you're kind of getting an idea of where I'm going with this, yes, I'm going to go to the point of saying you need to have the children cooperate to at least a certain degree. I'm not saying that they have to get nibbled on and stand there and act as if they don't feel anything. Um, you know, that, that would be absurd. I mean, my, my four-year-old, she doesn't have an off switch. Okay. That's not true. Sorry, Fallon. She's actually really, she's actually not bad. I have to say she does have a good off switch, but the off switch is not always easy to turn off. Um, so, you know, let me, let me give you a good example. So I know that when I come home from work, my child's, my children are going to be excited. Um, I have a puppy running around. I'm going to make sure that that puppy has extra breaks. That means I'm putting the, the, the puppy somewhere else for active rest, which is very important for a puppy. Um, even us, to be honest, I could use a nap. Anyhow, um, number two. I'll really make sure that if this is really a big problem, maybe I even have a leash on. Okay. Now, obviously the, the puppy is going to chew on the leash. I understand that. But the point of having the leash is to maybe just have a neutral way. If your child is old enough to pick up the leash and bring the dog to you or to someone or to put the dog somewhere else. Okay. Now, if the dog is not, Sorry, if the child is not old enough to be able to do something like that, well, then the leash on still might be a fantastic tool for you. 
so that you can go in there, grab the leash, put the puppy somewhere else while you continue to do whatever you're doing, whether it's, you know, getting meals ready for the kids or, or whatever. But I have just always found that the leash really, really helps. I find that when the moment that the child touches the dog, it's almost introduced as a positive right off the bat. So just trying to keep a more neutral standpoint and not exciting the dog so much, um, using the leash could be a great tool. Okay. That's a, that's a big one right off the bat. Um, another thing that I got a lot of was, um, asking the dog like to be gentle. So this is obviously very, very important. Okay. But the idea, okay, is that you want to make sure that you're, um, capturing these moments when your dog is calm, when your dog is relaxed, this is when you reward them. This is when you let them know this is what we like. This is what we want you to keep doing. All right. It's, it's, um, you know, we always focus on the negative, right? We always focus on like what we don't like, um, with a puppy, very much like a child, you want to be focusing on what they do like and um uh, sorry what you like and when you see something that you like you need to let them know this is it this is what we're looking for a lot of the times when you're not in the mode the dog will be playing nice with the child and that could theoretically be a reward in itself by the way um but let's just say the dog is like just laying next to your child the child's watching a movie dog is just laying there nothing's really happening going over there and rewarding that puppy going over there and letting that puppy know like this is great thank you so much um you know giving a treat whether it's affection um even going into play a little bit whatever it might be this is how you 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 get the behaviors you want all right remember everything is a consequence whether it's good or bad Right. So consequence in the sense of if I lay there and you don't pay attention to me, the likelihood is, is that when I want your attention, I'm going to bug you, meaning bite you, nip you because the kids scream. I love this because then I get their attention and I'm going to keep doing this. So it's important that we get the children to understand that when our dog is quiet, calm, relaxed, this is when we pet them. This is when we um, tell them good dog. Uh, etc. Okay. Um, now just to be politically correct, I'm not telling you that when the dog is sleeping comatose in their cage, that the child should go over there and kiss their head. Okay. The, the head of the dog. Okay. This is not what I'm saying. All right. That's uh, that, that could be a big disaster. What I am saying though, is that when the dog is calm, not sleeping, but calm, this is when, uh, we want to really focus on our rewards whether it's affection, treats, etc., like I said, okay? Um, another big thing that is so important is the running. Kids, you, or I should say parents, we need to get the children to stop running. If that is not possible, which I totally understand at times, maybe this is a great moment to do a little bit of active rest. Put the dog in whatever situation you have the dog in, whether it's a pen, a cage, um, whatever it might be. Put them in there. Um, you know, uh, uh, make sure that when 
you have a lot going on and it's just not really the time that you actually go ahead and um, put your dog somewhere else. Give them a bully stick. Uh, maybe not a puppy. That's true. But, you know, I mean, uh, any kind of chew toy or, you know, something that um, will, of course, keep the dog busy for a little bit. All right. And even if your dog barks a little bit while in the cage, it's probably because all the children are running around. Let's say the kids have friends over. Okay, this might not necessarily be the time to, well, you know, let's see if we can get the dog to not bite any of the children. Okay, <laughs> uh, right? So, you know, when it comes to that nipping, you, you want to try to use a controlled environment. Okay, and when there's kids over and, you know, my kids bring friends over, this might not necessarily be the best time for that. Okay, um, remember. In some ways, you know, children are very unpredictable, such as puppies. And so this is why um, you have to really show them and capture those moments. And, and I can give you so many ideas of capturing moments. Let's look at our children. I remember, uh, it's actually very recent. It's not like it was a long time ago, but um, my my daughter, she was, she was a little you know, unhappy because the iPad died, you know, God forbid. And the iPad was dead and Jet was on his iPad and she was actually getting all teary. Okay. And I was like, Fallon, I'm like, this is why I told you to plug it in in any ways. Right. Like it, it'll come back. Like, you know, let it charge. Right. She doesn't think about plugging it in. Right. Cause it's about the now it's about right now. And that's really like a puppy. But here's the thing. Jet, just out of nowhere, he stopped. He gave the iPad to her. And he was like, here, Fallon, you can play with my iPad. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Now, what parent who, <laughs> who's, who's not used to that would say nothing, right? Like, 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 that's huge, right? So most people will be like, oh, my gosh, Jet, which is what I did. And I was like, Chad, that was so nice of you. You were such a great brother. Okay. <laughs> All right. So in that same exact concept, that's exactly what you want to be doing with your dog, with your puppy. You're capturing those really good moments to let them know that that was really good. And of course, you know, Jet, after a couple of minutes, he looked up at me and he was like, daddy, I did good, right? I did good. <laughs> like, sweet guy, you know, but the, the, the point is, is that he saw how happy I was and how happy it, it made me for, for him to share that the likelihood of him sharing again is probably a little bit higher than it was before I, I had that reaction, right? Versus if I did nothing and I never said anything when he was like this and when he did things like this, the odds are is that he wouldn't really care about doing that. And dogs are very, very much like the same thing. Now, listen, I'm not saying I'm a child psychologist or anything like that. I don't even know if I'm really onto something there with the child, but I'm just looking at it from a logical point of how I look at dogs. Okay. Hmm. I know that might sound funny, but <laughs> okay. So I, I, I'm, I do compare children and dogs to a certain degree, to a very basic level. Okay. Um, they both, they, you know, they both have emotions. They're both very sporadic and can be out of control. They're both very new to the world. Uh, it, it, they're, they're very much the same in many ways. 
And again, in many ways where we condition and reward the behaviors we like. Okay. Um, so, you know, and, and it's about choice, right? It's always been about choice. So it's important that your dog's emotional state, that they have choices that they understand right from wrong. And that takes time, especially when, um, they're excited like children. When you're excited, you may not be necessarily thinking straight, which is why they get into not so helpful behaviors, including our children, right? All the way to even like what teenagers, I guess. Anyways, again, not a child psychologist. Um, so the, you know, these are some of the main things I'm looking at. I'm looking at using a drag leash. I'm looking at rewarding and capturing the moments of good. And please, parents out there, don't be shy to take breaks. Everyone tells me the same thing. It's always the same thing. They're scared to take a break or, or they, they feel bad for the dog because the dog's been in there all, the, all day. I would rather put the dog in my pen or in my office or whatever area I'm using for the dog to keep them contained so that they don't get into trouble or hurt themselves or hurt my children while I'm working on whatever I'm working on. Okay. So don't feel bad. And remember they need active rest and they need to chew. So make sure you have adequate chew toys and rotate them in and out so that, you know, like our kids, you ever, how many parents here have like 5,000 toys that the kids don't even touch? Yeah. That's because they are always there, but when they get sick of them and they move on to the next thing, if you hide that toy and a month later you bring back that toy, they will act as if that toy is brand new. Okay. At least to a degree. All right. So you want to kind of do the same thing with the, the puppies. You want to rotate these toys. This will really, really help. Okay. And I'm sorry if you hear barking in the background, I guess this kind of goes, uh, you know, with, uh, with who I am and what I do, you know, so there's usually a lot of barking happening somewhere, uh, in the, uh, at the center here. So, yeah. Um, so those are some of the big ones I had, you know, when it comes to the jumping, turning around, um, uh, you know, ignoring, but again, having that leash on so that you can help the children because they can only ignore for so long before they freak out and then they start jumping and screaming and so on. But this will only make the behavior worse. So if you say, well, I can't get my kids to do that. Well, believe it or not, you have a better chance of getting your kids to do that than getting your dog to understand not to get excited when the kids do this. Okay? Believe it or not. That's the truth. That's the truth. So dealing with the children is a very big part of that. And when I can't, which has happened many times before when we had our service dog uh, as a puppy... I would put the service dog in another room. I would say, okay, it's too much. And, oh, look at that. Jet would come over and say, wait, why, why is Diamond in that room? And I'd say, well, because it's too, it's too crazy right now. Too, everyone is too excited. So when we calm down and when everyone is settled, I'll bring her back out. And so then they settle a lot faster. And then I go ahead and I let the dog back out. Look at this, eh? I should write a book on child psychology. Here we go. I'm kidding. Um, but anyways, so <laughs> this is going to be a great way to, um, to get the children maybe to also understand, you know, using a little opera conditioning in there, you know, <laughs> uh, 
Um, another big one that that uh, is barking. So the barking scares them. Okay, so I get that question often. You know, the barking scares my child. One big thing that you're looking at when it comes to the barking is how your child is reacting. That's what's causing the dog to continue to do this. I understand that sometimes a dog might not even be reacting towards the child, might be barking at something else and the child is freaking out, but like the screaming or the the reactivity from the child is not helping. So it's way better in my opinion, what I've noticed with my children and of course my you know, thousands of clients I've dealt with with their children is having them involved and even just explaining why it's happening. The dog is talking. The dog is speaking. The dog is not angry with you. Um, this is how the dog talks. Okay. All of these things, getting the, the child to be a little bit more educated in that situation will really, really help. And I know, yes, some of you are rolling your eyes at me because it's a lot of work. And I totally get that. Trust me. And this is why you have an option. You can give breaks and please do it a lot because that's how I save my sanity sometimes is I take breaks. I put the dog somewhere else for a little bit or I put my children somewhere else for a little bit. Okay. So that I can just kind of, you know, breathe, get back to what I need to get to and restart the process. Okay. Now adult dogs is a little bit more, um, complex because there's a lot more behaviors, like, especially if you're rescuing, uh, this is a genre of situations that I usually get into. It's not about play. So what if it's not play? What if it's not excitement? So we're kind of getting away from the puppy situation and we're getting more into like adults whether it's a, an adult dog that you've had from the beginning or whether it's a rescue and you don't know much of the history behind this dog. Some of the big things I look at is, again, the emotional state of the dog. I like to observe. Observe how your dog is and what your dog does when the children are moving around, when they're playing, when they're doing whatever they're doing. There will be times, even with, with my dog, where I just literally stare at her while there's commotion or while there's things going on. And I just study her. I study her movements. I study what she's doing to really get an idea in my brain. Oh, she doesn't care at all. Or hmm, I'm, I am I feel like she's uneasy, you know, or like she. So the face, the eyes, all of these things tell us a story. Okay. And. The idea when you come to me and you say, you know, my dog is aggressive with, with my children, I take that very seriously. And so when I take that very seriously, the number one thing I'm doing is I'm assessing risk. Okay. Once I assess the risk, then I look at the emotional state of the dog. And again, going just like what I talked about right at the beginning, what do I mean by emotional state of the dog is believe it or not, it's not always just about, oh, the dog needs more obedience. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's not always about obedience. It's about like, why is the dog acting like this? Why is the dog doing this? Like what is going on with that dog? And that's what I decipher. And when I can decipher why the dog is doing that, 
we figure out a bigger story, a bigger reason as to why this is happening. And we're able to really come up with good solutions. Okay. But at the end of the day, the solutions usually coincide with the children being cooperative with us. So they, you know, they, they have to, they have to be cooperative in, in that scenario when everything is going on. So thank you so much. Okay, this is how I'm going to end uh, uh, this episode of the podcast. I am going to have um, a, a premium um, section for the premium subscribers on this where I'm getting into a little bit more details with actually a few of the dogs that we deal with. Okay, and what I did to um, fix these problems. All right, so um, if you have any questions, please don't be shy. CE podcast at caninejucation.ca, and I will see you soon. Thanks a lot. Have a good one.